The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Today on Radical Personal Finance, I have a fun and lighthearted adventure story for you. Here's the question. Do you have kids? (laughs) I do. Uh, Sometimes it's easy as parents to think that kids mean the end of adventures. After all, it would have been so easy if my wife and I had gone and backpacked the world when it's just the two of us, right? How do you do it with kids? (laughs) Today, my guests on today's show have seven kids and they live part-time in a converted school bus with their seven kids, and they live the other part of the time in a tiny house with their seven kids, and they've cobbled together this fascinating and flexible and mobile lifestyle that I think you'll find fun and inspirational. Welcome to the Radical Personal Finance Podcast. My name is Joshua Sheets. I am your host, your fearless leader in the pursuit of the good life today, while also building a plan for financial freedom in 10 years or less. Today, we're going to talk about living the good life eh, and financial freedom. <laughs> Frankly, I don't know what to say about this interview. I just said it all. I think you're going to enjoy this because it's inspirational to see how life is just more fun and financial freedom is more fun when you incorporate family into it. I'm not usually caught flat-footed with, uh, with something to say there as <laughs> the music trudges on, but today uh, that's the case. But my guests today are Shane and Julie Good. Uh, they have a website called goodnewsbus.com. I found them from surfing around a, a tiny house website. I, I, like many people, have a fascination with this tiny house thing, and I found their bus, and it was just a beautiful bus. And, and then I figured out they have seven kids in this, in this bus, and I just said, man, this is perfect fodder for radical personal finance. We talk about their story. We talk about the Version. We talk about uh, just what their lifestyle. They built together this lifestyle that is really, really flexible and gives them a lot of freedom while still providing for their needs. And they've got a lot of tips uh, and, and, and tricks and tactics to share. And I think it's very, very valuable to see. You know, many of us think, "Oh, I've got to be old and rich to live the good life." Well, that may not be the case. You might be able to do it even when you have seven young children uh, to care for and provide for. So I think you're really, really going to enjoy today's uh, interview. One sponsor for today's show before I play the interview for you. Sponsor today's show is Trade King. Trade King is the brokerage company, the official brokerage endorsed provider of radical personal finance. Uh, Trade King is an awesome company. If you need brokerage services, a place to house your stocks, your some of your mutual funds. If you're not working with an advisor who's custodianing those assets, consider checking out TradeKing. If you need a place to, tr- uh, to trade, if you'd li- like to do individual securities trades of some kind for your personal investment approach, consider TradeKing. They have world-class educational products, world-class customer service, and $4.95 stock trades. Hard to beat $4.95 stock trades. Tell you what, the world of technology has been incredible for investors. It's never been a cheaper uh, time to invest uh, in securities uh, in, in the history of the world. It's really, really incredible. Uh, sign up at tradeking.com slash radical for a new account. If you open a new account with at least $1,000, do a couple of trades. I'll give you 100 bucks on me. Uh, tradeking.com slash radical. Shane and Julie, welcome to Radical Personal Finance. Hey, great to be here. Hi, thanks for having us. So I stumbled across... Um, I stumbled across your bus on some, I think it was a tiny, tiny houses forum. And, and I've always loved these, uh, what do they call them? Schoolie conversions, right? Is that the right nomenclature? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's good. <laughs> so I've always thought these things are awesome. And if it weren't for the fact that I'm six foot six and I don't think I can, fi- I can't fit inside of a bus. So it's not, it's not, I don't think it's the right route for me. I've often, I would probably do something similar to what you guys have done, which is take a, an old school bus and just convert it into just an awesome RV. And looking at your website, I thought it seemed like you guys 
have an interesting lifestyle, at least, a uh, little bit unusual. And I thought it'd be fun to have you on and, and see what you've learned. So how did you wind up in the situation where you decided it was a good idea to take an old school bus and transform it into a house for you and all your kids? Well, this probably started back when I was about five years old, believe it or not. My parents, um, we, I was born in Washington State. Seattle, and my parents were looking to move down um, to the Pensacola, Florida area. My mom's family, she's from Washington State. My dad's family's from Florida. Um, so they've kind of done this back and forth thing. So they, they you know, looked into the cost of getting, a, you know, a U-Haul and, and, you know, driving it all the way down there. And after calculating the cost, my, I think it was my dad you know, was thinking, well, well, shoot, why, why don't we just buy an old school bus, you know, to put a divider about halfway back, um, you know, you know, pack all of their belongings in the back half of the bus, put, you know, it was just me and my sister and, and my mom and my dad and, you know, put, put a set of bunk beds in a little Coleman stove, you know, and Hey, we'll, we'll camp on the way as, you know, as we're moving. And, and so that was kind of the very, the very beginning of, you know, as far as remembering back and kind of the excitement surrounding, you know, I don't know what it is about a bus, you know, uh, you know, all getting in a bus and you have your bed in the bus and, you know, it feels like camping, you know, on the road. So that's kind of, yeah. And, you know, the ability to personalize it to what fits your lifestyle the best. So that's kind of where it started. And, so we we used that same bus to move. Uh, I think it was three or four times. Um, uh, we we moved down south, then we moved uh, back up. Yeah, I'm making this really short. Back up north, and then when we went to move back down south again, this is about when I was I think 15. Um, this would have been like in 1994, 93, something like that. Um, the bus as we were we were leaving uh we we'd gone through we were in eastern washington and we were in a town called pasco washington and the bus broke down and um my dad at that point you know it was going to be five thousand dollars to fix it needed a rebuilt engine or something like that and me and my sister we could not fathom the thought of you know, losing the bus because it just, it became a part of the family, you know? And, and, um, so we begged my dad, don't, don't do this. Don't send her the scrapyard. So my dad actually, you know, after, after appealing to his sentimental side, we convinced him to, um, to keep the bus and to get it fixed. So we actually lived in Pasco, Washington for about, I don't know. It was, it took about a month, I think it was to get the bus fixed. So, um, and then after that, after it was fixed, we trout, we brought it all the way down, back down to the, uh, Pensacola area. And then that's where it sat till years and years later when some guy came and picked it up, you know, <laughs> so my, my dad forked out all that money. Here we are on a finance show, you know, <laughs> have all this cash. For something that's just going to sit there, you know, but it was for, you know, for his kids, I guess, you know, he, he, he knew how we felt and, you know, we just, we had so much fun and, and memories, you know, traveling in the bus. So that's kind of where, you know, all of that started. I was just going to say, we'll just call that an investment into the love with your family, that your kids know that you love them because you listen to them. <laughs> right. Exactly. exactly. Now, now, the remarkable thing is, that you not only travel with you and your wife, because that's relatively easy, but you guys are traveling in this thing with seven kids. Is that right? Yes. Yes. So. Seven children ranging from the ages 13 to one. So down. Yeah. Yeah. So that is awesome because it's really hard to find. I mean, maybe that's a little bit of an overstatement. Most RVs are not tuned to fit nine people and sleep comfortably. So when you get to the place where you have seven kids plus two parents, is that why you guys chose to make this custom design? Yeah, that's, that's definitely one of the reasons, you know, when it, um, when it came time for us, cause, cause my wife and I, we, you know, we do ministry work and the house we are living in, um, was owned by the ministry that we are working for. And so when they sold it, they basically said, look, we'll, you know, cause we, we do, basically volunteer work for them. And they were like, look, we'll invest, 
you know, into, you know, helping you guys get to where you need to go and traveling around and continuing doing the, you know, we do, we do music ministry and, and, and different things like that, outreach ministries and stuff. And, um, so we were able to, um, and that's one of the questions we actually get a lot is, you know, why didn't you guys just go buy an RV? You know, I mean, you certainly could go find an RV and really it's, it's basically what you touched on that, we have a large family. We didn't have as many kids then, but we kind of knew where the trend was going. Plus and- <laughs> the school bus idea was kind of planted in Shane's heart since he was young. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, let's let's get it. Let's find a yeah. school bus and let's convert it. But we took it up a notch. <laughs> yeah. We didn't just put a sofa and a Coleman so- stove in and some bunk beds. We you know, really wanted to make it a place that we could live for a long period of time. You know, if we were going to be, say, building another house or uh, traveling a lot, whatever we were going to be doing, we wanted to be comfortable while we were living there. We have lived in it for up to eight months. So yeah, yeah, having it built the way it is. And I'm sure you've seen pictures and maybe our video. So yeah, so it's s- important So spread out over the time of about, I think, three years. We are sorry, about five and a half years now. We've lived in it probably a total of three years. Um, and that, you know, well, I do I do carpentry work as well. And so, you know, if we built a house and, and are selling it, we'll move back to the bus or we'll live in the bus while we're building a house. Or, you know, if we're on a trip or traveling, you know, we'll live in the bus. So, yeah, it uh, it it actually has made things a lot more convenient because we always, in a sense, have a fallback. You know, we always have a house we can fall back on. It's our it's our own little home. It's small, but, you know, it's got everything we need. Yeah. And we didn't have to, you know, take out a loan to build it. We built it cash. We just, you know, uh, so it's something that is just ours. We don't have to (laughs) have, uh, I guess the extra fees and mortgages and that you would have on a house. And, um, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, One of the, one of the, I guess major benefits I see of of it. I would love to see, and I want to move to your tiny house um, as well. But I'd love yep. to see most young people start their life with a tiny house and a trailer. You know, one of these yeah. houses that's built on a trailer, because if you can start with your own dwelling place that's small enough to go on a trailer, and you can just hook it up to your truck or have somebody truck it for you. Um, and you can know that you always have that as a fallback plan. You can always park it in somebody's driveway or in somebody's backyard. Right. Yeah. It provides a sense of security and a sense of, of, of safety for you. And I think a lot of people are looking for that sense of security and they find it difficult to find. Uh, but if you have a little cozy place to live that doesn't have any ongoing monthly payments associated with it, uh, that can be really, really powerful. Yeah, exactly. The funny thing about it is that um, like our son, Ashton, he he's 10 and he's already dreamed up these ideas of he wants to have a restaurant. And so he wants to do it in like a tiny home and do (laughs) one of those, I guess you'd call them tumbleweed style houses, but make it a little restaurant and travel around and (laughs) Yeah, so. So tell me about the tiny house and let's define because a podcast is an audio only format. So let's right. describe a little bit of what we mean by a tiny house. Uh, uh, it's not a tumbleweed uh, plan on a trailer, but it's still relatively small. So descri- describe the house and, and what's the story behind it? Okay, so our tiny home or. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, we. Um, Actually, we lived down south for quite a long time. And in the south, you know, New Orleans style homes are and beach style homes are a big thing. And so when we moved up north, no one has houses such as that. And um, I've kind of always made it a little bit of a hobby of mine building and designing houses. I like to build them as small as I can, but really functional so um, a lot of time you see people with these large houses that aren't functional. They have wasted space and they, um, you know, aren't organized well. They don't use their cabinet space well. And they find they just pile up their, their things rather than having specific places to put them. And so I, I like to um, design a small space that is extremely functional and uh, so that's kind of where it started. So I would, as a hobby, <laughs> design these very tiny homes and 
then we had an opportunity to build one. So. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, to kind of give people an idea, you know, most tumbleweed houses and tiny homes, they'll fit, you know, on a, like what you were saying on a trailer, you know, you may have like a, like an 18 foot or 20 foot trailer. Um, the tiny home we built, we, we call it a tiny home for us because, you know, we're a family of nine and, you know, so it, it's, I think about 1150 square feet. Um, it's got a dining room, a kitchen, a, uh, like a mud room area where you can, you know, hang jackets. It's got a decent sized living room, uh, two bedrooms and two full baths. So we fit all of that into a, um, 14 foot wide by 40 foot long two story house. Yeah. And the number one comment we get from everyone is when they walk when they walk in is like, oh my gosh, it feels so big in here. Because Julie, of course, she does she does all the architectural designing of these houses and she's really good at you know organizing the space and making sure there's no wasted space anywhere in these houses. And we'll both sit over a, a program, you know, a, a plan and and we'll just we'll go back and forth with ideas and and change things until we feel like it's like yeah that's that's perfect. Yeah. And <clears throat> one thing we did do is um, we put nine foot ceilings in the the home upstairs and downstairs, and that that really opens up your space because you know people are vertical. Most of us, <laughs> some people are, um, but you know for the taller people, when you have your space go up rather than creating a large room that it, it opens it up. It makes it feel larger than it is. And of course we, we always put lots of windows and tall mm. windows and yeah. So it opens up your space. So I yeah. think it's really cool. And, and the pictures look cool uh, as far as having that new Orleans style, that tall two story long, yeah. it's narrow and deep house design. Right. But on the lot that on, um, why did you put such a, why, why did you choose that place to build it? Because it seems like the lot is so large that the natural decision well, would be to in, that, increase the footprint. Am I wrong? Well, no. The lot actually for that house is only twenty five feet wide by a hundred and by a hundred twenty five or yeah ah. by feet deep. Yeah. So that specific lot that that house is on, there's is, six lots there, there total. There's actually <laughs> six lots there um, that that sit side by side. So. Um, it's got a, the, the front yard is very, very small. I mean, you can, I, <laughs> I actually went out there one day and we, we hadn't bought a lawnmower yet. And I had this, uh, I had a, like a, like a razor blade, like it's called the Ulfa blade. And, and I kind of, as a joke, I just, because our grass was long. So I just sat down and just started kind of like cutting it. <laughs> I actually cut the whole lo- front lawn, you know, with a, with a razor blade. But so. the funny thing about it is I actually videotaped it. So we'll have to put that on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I've kind of been holding that video back. <laughs> so the reason I'm, I'm probing on this is here on Radical Personal Finance, we talk about a lot of strategies uh, that will allow people to, to build financial freedom in a relatively short period of time. And one component of that is income. Another component of that is expenses. And what stands out to me is because of your design capacity, you've built a really beautiful space, but two beautiful spaces, the house and the, and the bus, yeah. but it doesn't but, – but on less cost than many other uh, people would, would face. And many people are intimidated by the idea of having seven kids because now i got to have an 8,000-square-foot house. Right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, what was the path to making these decisions? Have you guys always been weird like this or <laughs> what was the journey? Probably, probably, you know, we're, we're, we know we're different than probably most people. And, you know, we're able to just, you know, get up. And one thing we like about the, like what you're talking about, the financial freedom side of it is when you, when you live uh, small, you're able to do more in the sense like, you know, we can just go, Hey, let's jump in the bus and we're going to go down South or, you know, someone's invited us to go, you know, visit and minister at their church over here. Or, you know, we can, we can do that um, because we don't have these enormous, you know, home payments. And, you know, it's very um, actually that house that you're looking at to the tiny home, we built that cash as well because we were able to sell another house and we've slowly just, you know, gotten debt, you know, debt free. And then we built and you asked the question, why did you choose this small house? Well, we were able to build it debt free. That's that's the biggest yeah. reason. Uh-huh. We were able to build a really 
beautiful home that feels rich inside, but it's small and, and we're debt free. And one another thing we've discovered is um, when you have a smaller space, you can buy or kind of invest in maybe the nicer things because you don't have to buy as much of it. So say you want to have really nice hardwood floor. Well, in a large house, that might be totally out of your budget. But if you have a smaller space, you can have really nice wood floors or invest a little bit more money into, say, a really nice set of cabinets and um, where you know what I mean? You can you can kind of get nicer windows and yeah. and in a smaller space and really make a rich environment um, where if you have, say, a large house and you have to kind of lower the costs on some things because you have more carpet to buy or more flooring to buy, more sheetrock, more trim. And so, yeah, the list goes on. Yeah. When, the, I agree with you. And it's one of the things that people often forget that if you are careful with the things that you choose, you can choose to have the things that you want. Right. Exactly. And uh, as my friend Paula Pant says, you, can, you can't afford everything, but you can't afford anything. So if you clarify what's more important to you then you, and prioritize that, uh, you can do it. And it's, it feels better. It's better to live in a small, luxurious bungalow on the beach than a big ramshackle giant house in a place you know in the suburbs of some cold city you don't want to be in. Exactly, uh, it's not so much the size; it's the it's the it's the choice. Better to have a yeah. small wardrobe of clothes that you love and that you feel good in than a closet packed full of things you don't want to wear. My motto is: if I don't love it, I don't buy it. You know, I come across things that I kind of like, and I, I, in the past, I've gone and bought items because they're on sale, not necessarily because I really liked it. And it, whether it's clothing or shoes or, you know, pillows or whatever, that um, I find if I don't love it, it sits in my closet, I never wear it. And then I eventually get rid of it. And I, you know, revert back to the things I really like. So my, especially with so many children, if I don't love that, that item, I just don't buy it. If you don't love a child, you don't, you get rid of them. <laughs> yeah, right, right. No, no. As long as we have so many children, you know, we can't just go in and buy everything we see, you yeah, know, right. and um, you, even you, with kids clothes, you know, I, <laughs> I, I'm just kidding. I always, my favorite, um, You're teasing my, me. <laughs> my, I am teasing you. My, one of my favorite jokes, um, it was a little bit funnier before, um, he fell into disgrace, but Bill Cosby always used to say to uh, joke to his kids. One of his jokes was, "Better straighten up, because I can get rid of you and make another one look just like you." <laughs> so, right, right. <laughs> uh, I just thought that was that was funny. Um, and um, actually, ahead. one other thing I wanted to mention: um, when Shane and I first had um, Isaiah, he's our oldest son, and um, that we, you know, the typical thing is when you have kids, you start holding back on things that you normally want to do. You don't travel as much. You don't go to restaurants because you now have a baby. And, and we're like, we do not want to live that kind of life. So from a, you know, from the get go, we would bring our children to a restaurant and teach them how to behave in that kind of environment. And um, the important thing about that is for one, we can go out into public and our kids will be well behaved and then the other thing is uh, living in a small space. The, the children have learned to respect our authority. And um, from a young age, we started that. So whether we're, you know, in a small space and, um, and we need them to, you know, behave, because that can be a stressful environment that um, they've, they've learned to respect our authority and, and respect us in what we ask. So Yeah. And another thing, too, is you, you retain your sanity um, in the sense of, you know, so many times, like what Julie was saying, you don't, you know, when people start having children, it seems, you know, they, they almost put their life on hold. And, you know, one of the things now is if we, if we go to a restaurant or something and, you know, people will see us walk in with this, you know, this huge family and, oh my, our, our oh my gosh, oh my gosh, they're sitting yeah. this huge, they're seating this huge family next to us, you know, and, and you kind of see the looks and, and um, but usually it, it never fails at by the end of the, the meal, people always will come over to our table and said, you know, 
when we saw you being sat here, we, we were nervous, you know, like, is our nice dinner going to be spoiled? But you guys, you guys have the best kids and they're so well behaved and they're quiet. And, you know, and, and that's and that comes from, you know, living, living life with your kids. You don't have to you know, just because you have a kid or two kids or three kids. It doesn't mean like, oh, now I have to stay home or, you know, I can't we can't go and do things. It's you know, you want you teach your kids to do things with you, and then they they learn you know how to respect those environments that they're in, and it just works so much better. I got to admit, I am a little envious of uh, of your family, of a beautiful family, and I got to imagine how much fun a bus trip would be with <laughs> uh, with seven kids. It would be uh, it would be a lot of fun. Um, I'm the youngest of seven myself. Uh, so, oh, awesome. so when I say fun, like. I mean, like it's a lot of fun. My favorite, my favorite memories growing up were um, traveling across the country with my family. Uh, for those who haven't been from a big family, I mean, it's it's. Um, I don't know. I feel bad for for families whose whose Thanksgiving Day tables are boring because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> our table is never boring, and it's even better. Uh, I don't know what y'all's family background is, but it's even better now because um, now not only the seven kids, but now there's a you know grandchildren all around so our right. our family gatherings are never boring yeah well you know i've actually my my parents they only had two it was just me and my sister and um you know looking back i'm like you know i wish my i wish i would have had a brother you know there's a lot of cool things i could be doing with my brother right now you know we do a lot of um we do filming and different things like that. I'm like, man, if I had a brother, he could be helping me right now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what were my parents thinking? <laughs> yeah, it's... That's where my, my sister's husband comes into play. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't know if you've seen any of the videos that um, we have two different YouTube channels. We have our good news bus channel and then we have our lug nut film channel and, and you can meet Chris on the lug nut film channel. He's the, my co the co-host of that with me. So yeah. <laughs> awesome. I'll take a look at it. Uh, yeah. Practically speaking though, you said your, your house has two bedrooms. So, um, you, I would, I would guess, I mean, correct me, but as you, your children are relatively young right now, do you anticipate moving out and into a different <laughs> yeah. situation well, in the future? Right. What we we're what, we're on the road right now, so we're not in the house. We've been um, out of it since uh, December. Yeah. So so what the plan is um, or was it just depends on kind of what happens. Is we we have six lots in um, in that location, and we were going to build more of these style homes and kind of increase the size, not not tremendously, but like the next house would have been three bedrooms, you know, instead yeah. of two, uh, but still keeping that small, you know, footprint. Um, so what we did in the, the second bedroom, we have um, two sets of bunk beds, and then um, above the closet, because we have nine-foot ceilings, we made the closet shorter, and we put a built-in bunk bed above there. And so we gained a bedroom there, and then um, this might sound bad, but our youngest child just slept in our closet. <laughs> it's it, a walk-in it's closet. It's like a, an open walk-in <laughs> yeah. walk closet where the door was never shut kind of thing. You <laughs> know? Right. My, my wife and I, we spent the first year of our marriage in a 234-square-foot studio apartment. And uh-huh. uh, we had considered where we'd put the kids. We had a walk-in closet. I figured two kids could go in there, and then we could put a, <laughs> yeah. we could put a bed in the bathtub for the baby if we needed to. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Put it, in and out. it is funny. I mean, we're obviously, we're having fun with the subject, but – <laughs> generally human beings take up what about let's see if they're small human beings take up about three linear feet by what two feet wide yeah, about yeah. six square feet uh when they're lying down and sleeping they don't need 300 square foot square feet to sleep in right. <laughs> they need about six maybe eight as they grow <laughs> When we when we built that house, if we would have built it to stay in, I would have designed it in such a way with built-in bunk beds and even a separate room for a girl's room and a boy's room. But we were building it for the purpose of turning it around and selling it. So I didn't want to like have built seven built-in beds and stuff like that because resettle wouldn't have been yeah, it as wouldn't good. have been as good. So. But um, our bus is actually more accommodating than the house. Because we have a bed for almost everybody in in the bus, <laughs> which is kind of funny yeah. when you think about it, because it's it's yeah. so small. You know, it's like two hundred and twenty square feet, and it you know it comfortably will sleep, you know, eight 
you know, and then we have the baby, yes. which is nine. He, you know, our, our the youngest one, a lot, uh, Seth shares a bed with Kira. Yeah. They're, they're our two youngest, you know, so they share a bunk yeah. right now. And, or, you know, yeah. we, we get comments that, you know, you can, you can read some of the comments, of course, that people, you know, make on our, our YouTube channel. And, you know, every once in a while you get a comment from somebody like, what are you going to do when they get older? Like, oh my, oh my gosh. You know, hey, like we're stuck. Like we have us. not, we've never thought about <laughs> yeah. that before. You know, it's yeah. like. Oh. Actually, we already have a plan in the works of um, doing a new bus. We have an opportunity to possibly get a bigger bus. And I've already done the floor plan and everything that has a bed for everybody. And <laughs> so. It actually has a sofa in it too. Yeah, so, sofa, nice. living room area. Yeah. That sounds awesome. So tell me more about, uh, I guess, your lifestyle. Um, it sounds like you guys have built what, from just an initial glance, seems to be a really fun, family-integrated lifestyle. How do you earn your income? What does your average year look like? Like, What's your lifestyle like? Well, a lot of our lifestyle, as far as you know, financially, is very much based on – what is it based on, Julie? <laughs> uh, <laughs> trusting, you know, trusting and, and, and really faith that let's say the glue of our life is Jesus. <laughs> yeah, it isn't money. It isn't, you know, we we learned a long time ago that finances and having things and having money isn't what makes you happy, you know, and we can look at society and see that, you know, you look at Hollywood, these people have millions of dollars in the bank and they have. And, and, you know, people are committing suicide, they're unhappy, you know, the divorce rate, you know, all that stuff. And I think, you know, you hear, and you would probably know better on this, but you hear that so many marriages are destroyed because of, because of finances. And, you We've know. We've had several times in our life where we have had zero dollars in the bank account. And, you know, we, we really, it didn't shake us. Why not? And, Why not? Um, I think, I think because. Well, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it never has shaken us. I think early on, you know, there were some times where we, Julie and I originally were managing three businesses at one point, retail stores. And um, this was this was back in, uh, what, 2005, I guess. And, yeah. and anyway, what happened was, you know, when the economy really started to tank, um, we we pretty much lost. You know, all of our stores were paid for. They we were debt. They were debt free. But we had, you know, we had put hours and hours of of work and time into these stores, and then we had to just shut them down. And so that, you know, that going through that, um, it had never it never affected Julie and I's relationship or our marriage or anything like that. But you know, it was a time of like, you know, man, all of that time, all of that building and and stuff. So we learned a lot from going through that just that we were fortunate that we didn't have to go bankrupt and we didn't have to um we didn't have, have any uh debts to pay off we'll say cuz you know we always have managed to stay out of debt yeah so i guess that you know and then we just kind of go well okay let's just let's just keep moving here let's just let's just keep going on so you know um i i make money by doing carpentry work. I do carpentry work. I also, you know, volunteer for our ministry. Um, and I do music. And as far as the music side of things go, you know, web design and, and, you know, we do videos, you know, video stuff. And none of these things are, you know, bringing in just, you know, tons of cash by any means. Um, but they're, you know, our family, whether it's through people blessing us or whether it's through, you know, a job I get or something, you know, we're always taken care of and we've always had enough, you know, we've always had food on the table and those, that's really what the important things are. You know, um, if you get a little extra money and you're able to do something fun, then, then that's great. But, you know, the most important thing is that the family's happy. The kids are, you know, have a mom and a dad that love them and, you know, the, the mom and dad love each other. I mean, those are really, yeah. The most important things. Just, just thinking about, um, <laughs> I'm just sitting here thinking, uh, it's, you guys live an unusual, uh, an unusual lifestyle. Have you ever regretted 
having so many kids, which obviously they require food to eat. I mean, right. have you ever regretted it? Not for a second, actually. You know, when we never we never planned on having a big family. We um we you know if someone would have asked me before I got married, so how many kids do you want to have? I probably you know oh one or two, I guess. You know, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't anything planned um, at all. Um, I'm actually from Canada originally, and um, <clears throat> and so Shane and I had a very long distance relationship before we got married and, um, I got married really young. And, um, so we actually had our first child, um, uh, not even a year after we got married. So we got, you know, pregnant right off the bat and, and, um, just the ball's been rolling from there. And, you know, we love every one of our children. And there's been times when I'm like, oh, my goodness, we have three kids in diapers right now. And, <laughs> yeah. and I've literally been changing a diaper almost every day for the last 12 years, you know, whether they're a toddler or or an infant. But, you know, there's always been <laughs> and I, and I a tr- diaper to change. And so. I try <laughs> not to tell myself that I could have bought like a brand new BMW with yeah, the amount, not to tell with the amount I've spent on diapers. <laughs> I try to tell myself that. I try to forget those facts. <laughs> <laughs> have you learned any uh, tips, tools, tactics, techniques, tricks uh, that try- come to mind that, that, that have helped you guys make the dollar stretch? We tried cloth diapers for a while, and uh, I don't know. It didn't seem the cost didn't seem to outweigh. Yeah, honestly, yeah, there are there are a few uh, few tips for saving money. Um, yeah. You know, one of the things that that we learned, you know, we did kind of what every parent I think does when they have their first child. You know, they have a baby shower, and you know they'll get they'll get gifts from that, and anything they don't get in their baby shower, they'll go out and they'll buy the you know the diaper genies and the. And, you know, all those, all those, I can't even think of all that. I know there's just, you know, you could have a room full of things, you know, you can have a a cradle and you have all this stuff. I think with Isaiah, we had like the diaper genie and cribs and, you know, every kind of little thing that you could think of. And and pretty soon I'm like, you know, as, as time goes on and, you know, you're like, well, gosh, you don't even really need these things. You know, there's a lot of those things you don't actually really need. Um, they're just kind of one of those that there's they're you're told that you need them, you know, okay, you're gonna you have to have this, you have to have that. And we we've got to the point of just being as far as parenting, you know, raising young children, pretty pretty laid back in the sense of not, you know, having to have all this these things that I don't even have a diaper bag. <laughs> yeah, Julia's I, a diaper bag. I always just keep a diaper in a little container of wipes in my purse and you know, I don't know. I'm probably the the worst at being prepared. I guess I don't I don't bring a closet of clothes with us when we go uh, out somewhere for my child. <laughs> well, yeah, we try to teach the kids like, okay, when you sit at the table and eat, don't get it all over yourself. And oh, Shane you- can't stand dirty hands. <laughs> yeah. It was funny. Our kids got it drilled in their head so much to keep their hands clean that they go to like fall on the ground and they're trying not to touch the ground to get up <laughs> so they don't get their hands dirty. <laughs> now they still play outside yeah. they still play in the dirt at the, but but you know but they, they're good they're yeah good they're they're them. very good at you know I don't know uh, I guess I guess we've tried I guess you know we've we've tried to ward off things that we see other people having to you know struggle with and deal with you know we meet people constantly and you know we'll go to Walmart or you know we'll have moms come up to us they're like I can't even handle my one kid how do you guys handle seven you know and and, you know, and just trying to encourage them and, and, you know, telling them just have more kids and it'll get better. Well, actually, <laughs> I did find that once I had two or three kids, it seemed easier than just one. Yeah. Maybe because I was also a new parent. And then the other thing is, like, the more kids you have, the more they occupy each other. So if Ethan doesn't want to play with Elisha anymore, he can go play with Ashton or Kira or Isaiah or, you know, <laughs> there's always, like, a, a buddy to hang out with and... I don't yes, know. <laughs> they, and, you know, they, it becomes where they very much occupy each other and, you know, help each other. And, yeah. um, I mean, Elisha, for example, he, um, he's our six year old. Yeah. He's our six year old. He, uh, we, we, when Julie started, cause she homeschools all the kids when it came time to, you know, him start, start his schooling, he already knew so much. Yeah. 
yeah. from learning from the other kids. You know, they they would spend hours playing things like Monopoly and learning how to count money and you know all that stuff. So so Julie sat down with him one day. I think it was her first time to go over some math with it him. It was like real school where, hey, we're – because the kids from a young age, they always want to sit down with the other kids and do school. So this was like the first year of him like – okay, this is your set of books and we're going to have a regular schedule. And, and, you know, she sat down with him and, you know, she's like going through some math problems and he's, and he's popping off these answers to her. And she's like, she's like, okay, wait, 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 how, how are you how calculating are you, this? How are you calculating <laughs> this? You know, and he's like, well, this plus this equals that. And, you know, and, and, and he learned all of that from, of course, playing spending, Monopoly, playing Monopoly or, <laughs> yeah. you know, they'll sit down with, they'll play car, you know, cards together and they'll, they'll invent their own games, yes, you know, Ashton all this. and Ethan Ashton is our math child. So everything is mathematical. And he sat down and figured out a game to play with, uh, um, kind of like speed, but they play with, um, flashcards and so I'll have, you know, uh, one plus five is this. And so whoever has the highest sum would would win the pile or whatever. So it, it was teaching them to add or subtract um, quickly. And I, and he invented that game when he was like six years old. So yeah. that was the games they would come up with. And But that's only Ashton. He's and, special. And so then the younger <laughs> kids, you know, are encouraged by that. And they want to play and they want to learn. And, oh, this is exciting, you know, so... Really, what's yeah. cool about it is it's like doing school, but not feeling the suffering of doing school. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, why do you, why do you guys homeschool? Oh, uh, well, well, being Shane mobile, was I was homeschooled. I turned out halfway normal. <laughs> I was I went to public school, and you know, public school has some great programs too, but. There's just, honestly, I think mostly I wanted to teach the children. And, you know, I figured most kids maybe want to be around their parents till they're 13. And then once they get to the teenage years, they kind of want their, you know, their own space. So I figured, okay, I have 13 years that I can spend as much time as I can with my kids. And, you know, I get to be involved in their learning. And the thing that's been amazing about it is that I've learned their strengths and their weaknesses. And I know the kids will probably hate me for telling you this, but, um, we started English, I think it was two years ago, and, and they were doing terrible with it. And um, it was grade five English. And I'm like, okay, we're going back to grade three. So I actually made all the kids go back to grade three and um, start over. And we actually have kind of a policy that if they don't get 80% or better, they have to redo the assignment. So um, I figured if they don't get 80, 80% or better, that they didn't learn enough of it. And it would be better to go back and get it, you know, down rather than just keep moving forward. And so we went back to grade three English, back to English. Um, and they, they flew through it, but I found that they improved. Um, yeah, drastically. And, um, you know, that the foundational stuff was, um, being laid down properly. So, I'm able to do that in a normal class setting in a public school or a private school, whatever it might be, the teacher might not pick up on those things or be able to take them back. Hey, you need to go back to grade three in English. Like if Ashton, he can't, he's actually um, uh, three grades ahead in math and I wouldn't, he wouldn't be able to, you know, be in a normal grade for the other subjects and be in a higher grade in math in a public so, school setting. So I don't know. I'm really flexible with that area and I, I love it. It's so Ju Julie's able to really like see their strengths, see their weaknesses. And then, you know, like she said with Ashton, she's able to say, okay, you're good where you are in English and, and, you know, spelling, but you are just flying through this math. So we're going to step you up. And he eventually stepped up three grades in math. So He's able, she's able to keep him where he's doing good in his English and his yeah. reading and that kind of stuff and then advance him in, in things. So he's, a, so he's able to cultivate in a sense that gifting he has in math, you know, um, and he's able to keep going with that. And it's, he's not having, it's not being stifled yeah. in a sense. And I know probably a big question, people are like, how can you homeschool seven kids? Well, once they learn how to read, they 
take the initiative and they do the the school on their own. In fact, a lot of the time that they will be done their schoolwork before I am done breakfast. So they, you know, will get up super early in the morning because they want to be able to play the rest of the day. So they'll go and they'll they'll um, finish their schoolwork beforehand. And then I correct it, you know, and probably spend the rest of the day correcting their school. <laughs> and, and, you know, and then we'll do our, the, their t- on the days that they have a test. They don't they don't do that beforehand. I I'm the one that supervises that. So, um but yeah, so it's really, it's neat that way because I, it's not like I'm sitting down with each kid, unless they have a, an issue, a problem that they can't figure out on their own, then I, I'll, of course, help them that with that. But for the most part, the textbooks are, have been amazing in explaining things. There, there's some really good curriculum out there right now. So, yeah. yeah. How's the music business? <laughs> uh, the music business is well here I'll just sum it up we give away more than way more than we sell <laughs> so we're not in it to, we're not money, in it we're sure. not in the music business to make money at all I mean we we love blessing people with you know um, our music and a matter of fact I mean it's it's available for, a lot of it's available for free out there um, <clears throat> but it's it's a good um it gives us something to be able to, first of all, when we go and minister, it's something that we can either give to people or we can have, you know, a product available for people. Um, and then many times, you know, in, just in meeting people and, and getting in the conversations with people, you know, I have like download cards that are, that give people like a free download of our, one of our latest CDs. And, um, and, you know, I, it gives me something to give to people, you know, not only are we talking to them about, you know, our family or about the Lord or, you know, but it gives us something that we can, you know, give people as well. And we just, we love doing the music and we've invested a lot, you know, into it, um, kind of recognizing that we're not going to necessarily, you know, it's, it's hard to get, uh, you know, if you're not labeled, we're not labeled. Um, if you're not labeled, it's, it's hard to kind of get your music out there. And, and, and the, the industry is changing a lot, you know, with, with iTunes and, you know, you've got a lot of these artists that are going, you know, independent and things like that. So, um, we do it cause we love it. <laughs> yeah, we do it cause we love it. And, uh, you know, my, my very first CD, which I came out with, that was back in 2001, I think. Um, that one actually got national airplay um, here and around around the world. And I was doing a lot of traveling then. That's before Julie and I were married. And um, I actually met Julie uh, in Canada on a on a mission trip up there to her church. And that's kind of that's how we met. So, you know, the music that we've done, we've put out, I think, uh, three albums since then. We came out with an EP with three songs on it. And then just recently we came out with two new singles. Um, and yeah, so we're, I mean, if, you know, it's one way we always, every once in a while we'll post, say, look, if you want to support what we're doing, you can purchase our music and, um, you know, you get something, you know, in return for your, you know, purchase or whatever. So yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of how the music is going right now. (laughs) Final two questions, one related to the bus and then the other, just more general, uh, on your website, you indicate that your guess is that the bus cost you about $30,000. Yeah. It's a pretty sizable sum of money. Uh, I'm curious, did you ever, have you ever regretted doing the bus conversion? Have you ever wanted, wished that you had gone and spent $30,000 on just a used RV? No, (laughs) no. um, You know, we had sold a house and uh, like I said, the, the house is owned by the ministry and the ministry actually, you know, gave us, uh, a certain amount of money to be able to do the bus, you know, knowing that it would be used <laughs> often and, and get a lot of use out of it. So in in that sense, no. And also that we were able to, I mean, it is still usable for our family. You know, it's it's got the the bed arrangements and, you know, a very nice kitchen. A couple other things, you know, um, that are unique about it is, uh, we put in, you, you're, you're able to design it to who you are and what your family is. I knew that we were going to need, you know, uh, a hot water heater that was going to be able to keep up with our family. And most RV hot water heaters are 
they're like a six gallon or a 10 gallon. And I'm like, if, if all our kids are out running around playing or we, we go somewhere and they get dirty, how in the world are we going to shower all of our kids off with a 10 gallon hot water heater? I just don't think that's going to happen. And so we checked around and we found um, an Insta hot hot water heater, which are very, very efficient. And um, it's a company called Precision Temp that makes them. And they, you know, things, things like that. So you're able to, you know, if you just went out and bought like a used RV, you're not, it's not going to have all these things. And this, another thing is the stove that we have, you know, it's got a, an oven, Julie actually bakes. I mean, there's, there's pictures on our Facebook page, um, our good news bus Facebook page, but like she, she'll bake cinnamon rolls. She's baked turkey. She's made full, you know, uh, Thanksgiving dinners, turkeys in that oven. And most RVs don't have... I bake bread twice a week. Yeah, and... <laughs> she break, bakes her own homemade uh, sourdough. This is real sourdough, not made with um, with yeast from the store. I mean, it's real sourdough. It's my bread. pet. Yeah, <laughs> I she, have to feed it. <laughs> she has to feed the starter and all that stuff. And we want to do video more videos about that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah. you know, so it the bus and then the the bunks the bunk arrangements and everything every and it's, aspect it's wood i mean we have solid oak wood everywhere we have uh hardwood floors and stone countertop and yeah and you know to get something that nice to buy it off of say a lot you're you're gonna pay a lot of money and the other thing is it's a school bus not many people have a school bus that they're living in and they're safe yeah, you know, they're they're one of the have, they're yeah. one of the safest road vehicles. I mean, they're actually designed because they're designed for kids. They're designed to, to actually, if they get in a horrible wreck, they can actually roll over without collapsing on themselves. So you know, even even that aspect of it with an RV, you're you're gonna be it's gonna be all over the road. You know, plus but, I have good news for you. Go ahead, I'd love it. You can you can convert a bus and make. Raise the roof to your height. That's right. So you could get your, you could do it for you. So yeah, um, there's hope. There's hope. <laughs> I, I always figured I'd need like a greyhound coach, something that's a little bit, uh, a little bit taller if I were ever going to do it. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they're they're a lot, a lot of, people of people, it. and it's one of the things we looked at. It's one of the things um, I somewhat regret not doing is raising the roof just to give it that extra, you know, open feel, but. Yeah, a lot of people will do that. They will raise the roof on their on their bus. Um, you know, you could raise it an extra foot, an extra foot and a half, um, and it gives you that extra, you know, that extra headroom. Awesome. Final question is this: um, the lifestyle that you have been able to put together, it sounds obviously has, it has challenges. Every every we all have challenges. Sure. We all have problems. We all have difficult days. That's right. Um, but it sounds to me like you've been able to put together a very integrated lifestyle that allows you to do work that's important to you uh, with the people that you care about. And you did it without coming from parents didn't leave you tons of money. You, you've, right. you've worked at it yourself. What advice would you give to somebody who's trying to kind of break free of the normal humdrum of U.S. American existence and, and build a more integrated life? What what advice or counsel would you give them? Well, I would, uh, I mean, Julie can answer too. Um, I would say, you know, do your best, first of all, to stay out of debt. Um, you know, it, from pretty much all the ventures we've ever done, we've, we've tried to do that. We've tried to completely see whether it's a, you know, starting a retail store or anything yeah. like that. We, we always started very small. You know, um, one of the businesses we started was in our, in our home and it started with, you know, an, an internet business. And, you know, it's, we didn't go and, you know, open a humongous store and spend millions of dollars. We started slow where we yeah. buy a couple pieces of product and sell it and grew that way. And that's kind of the, I yeah. think usually when we're looking, okay, we want to do something, we don't have the, the funds to do it. We don't think, okay, where can we get a loan? We think, okay, what can we sell that's of value (laughs) that can give us a start and, you know, give us steps into the right direction or a direction that we want to go. You know, we're not very attached to anything. Anything can be, you know, and, and, you know, our very first house, um, 
that Julie and I built together after we were married, it took us, I think, three or four year, years to finish because we built it debt free. You know, and that's that's probably the biggest advice, because then after you build a house debt free, you're not tied to it for 30 years, you know, and the amount that you end up, you know, I, I think I did calculating once the amount you pay for just your toilet in your house, like four on a thir- times on, the a, amount on, a, on a 30, you know, year mortgage is just, you know, when you start calculating all that stuff, you just kind of go, oh, my gosh, I can't believe, you know, this. So that would probably be the biggest thing, you know, and, and not having debt frees you up a little bit because if you if you want to sell your house you can sell it if um which you can do that if you're in debt with a house as well but if you want to if you want to have a house and you can't sell it and you want to just be able to leave and go do something else hey you still own a house and it's still paid for or if you get in a sticky situation where maybe you are unemployed or you become ill and you can no longer pay a mortgage payment then you're not put in an even worse position where you're losing your house now. And so I don't know. <laughs> so I know, I know that for us, it's made things a lot, you know, freer, you know, our, our, our tiny home that we, that we have, um, we don't owe anything on that and, you know, no mortgage and we're, and we're able to, you know, Hey, we let's, let's go and do work here. And we don't have that extra amount of money that we have to make. I mean, it's already enough, you know, it costs a lot to feed our family. And and if you have a mortgage, you're also strapped with insurance. You have to have insurance with a mortgage. Um, you know, some people might call it risky for us not to have insurance, but so there's times that we just cancel our insurance if we don't have the money, you know, and we're flexible to be able to do that because we don't have a mortgage. Yeah. So there's another area where we can save where most people can't. Great lessons, guys. I appreciate uh, appreciate I appreciate you guys sharing a little bit of your life and your lifestyle uh, yeah. with us. So, goodnewsbus.com is one website. Um, yep. Share with us your other websites, YouTube channels. Um, promote uh, all the different places and ways that people can find you here. Sure. Yeah. Goodnewsbus.com has got a full like we blogged from the beginning of the bus to the end. You can you can go on there. It's a great resource if if it's something that you're looking to wanting to do. If, you, if your listeners are wanting to do something like that. Um, I also just started a forum on there too, just to you know communicate with people more. Um, Lugnutfilms.com is kind of our film side of things. Um, we're we're trying to you know produce more and more bus life with nine videos. So you can go on YouTube and you know see you know type in Good News Bus and you'll find all of our videos there. Our our and our our bus life with nine videos and then our lug nut film videos. We have like a carpentry show. We do some tool reviews and and we always add kind of humor and make it fun. Um, and then we're on Facebook and Twitter. You know all the usual yeah. places. And yeah, we love literally to hear. if you type in shanegood.com, that that'll take a take you even to uh, our music yep. page. Shanegood.com will take you to our music page and. Um, you're able to listen to sample a lot of music on there. And our music of course is on iTunes. If you just type in Shane good, um, it'll be on there. And Julie and I do the music together. I, I am the lead singer. I play a lot of, you know, some of the instruments and then Julie does backup singing on there as well. And they're very, we, we, we actually hired, you know, professional uh, people in the industry to help us uh, do those projects. So they, they are well done uh, projects. How on earth did you manage to be able to do this interview and have a quiet background? Where are you kids? <laughs> we're actually we're actually ran over to a friend's house. Um, we have we have some friends in the area, and we're at a very good friend's house right now. And uh, so the kids are with grandma and grandpa. So, so it's, <laughs> it's just funny because I have two kids, and I can hardly get a quiet recording. Yeah. In. <laughs> I've been impressed with that. Yeah, my my da- my daughter Arwen. She actually asked me. She goes, "So are we going to be on?" I'm like, "Well, not this time, sweetie. Maybe next time." Yeah, she would have loved it. <laughs> she would have loved to be on it too. So. Yeah. Well, Shane and Julie, thank you guys so much for coming on. I really appreciate your sharing uh, your story and your life with my audience. Great. Uh, thanks for having us. I have seen people from every walk of life, from every situation. Figure out a plan to pursue their own family goals, to build and fulfill their own family vision. I've seen it no matter – I just said it. I've seen it from everywhere. So here's my encouragement today. 
Many of you are looking at something in your life and saying, this is an obstacle. And guess what? You're right. Some of the things that you have in your life are obstacles. We're not all in the same situation. But many obstacles can be overcome. Many obstacles can be destroyed. And many obstacles can be integrated into a plan. You know, if you're deeply in debt, you might need to get out of debt first. That's an obstacle that can be taken care of. If you have kids, no, it's not going to be traveling is not going to be the same as with when you're single or with just you, uh, you and your spouse. It's going to be different. But guess what? Kids are not an obstacle. You can figure out a way to, to, to adjust to the situation and fulfill all of the goals and the vision that you have as a family. Hope you were inspired and um, motivated by that interview today. I hope you found it valuable. I, I love um, I love stories like that. Check out all their websites, goodnewsbus.com. Uh, check out their music and all the rest of their stuff. Uh, if you haven't been, I mean, go to Good News Bus if for nothing else, just so you can see the bus. It's really, really cool. Uh, so uh, it's really well done, really, really beautiful. Goodnewsbus.com. Thank you so much for listening to today's show. If you'd like to support the work that I do uh, and allow me to travel the world with my kids, <laughs> then please consider becoming a patron of the show. Details on that program at RadicalPersonalFinance.com slash patron. Um, of course, it's not just for me. I'm not begging. If you would like to pay me for the work that I'm doing <laughs> in providing this content for you, which is part of the pathway for me to travel the world uh, with my kids, uh, then consider becoming a patron. RadicalPersonalFinance.com slash patron for all those details. And until next time, get out there and make a plan for living your good life.